There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And, you know, Jim, what a great yes. introduction for this show. You know, welcome <laughs> to The Machine by Pink Floyd. The machine. Oh, man. You know, talking about the uh, the life of Sid Barrett, of how he fell into the habitual nature of society and how it organized mm-hmm. around him and controlled his external perceptions and led him astray into the world of mental illness. I mean, come on. And, and talking about it and also a a, a, a pseudonym as, as government, is how government mm-hmm. formulates around a society like a machine and that that machine does not care about your feelings. Now, this is it. We were talking about this last night on my show, Vincent right. and I on the, on the Daily Dose. Um, you know, Glenn Beck was talking yesterday about uh, new advancements in AI and, and how this is pretty frightening. Microsoft just recently um, came out and said that the, their AI that they have, a chatbot, has shown logical reasoning that only a human being can do the functionalities that only a human being can do. And they gave it a riddle and it was able to solve the riddle with, uh, you know, spatial dimensionality, abstraction, these types of things, which an AI should be able to do. Um, And this is giving many to believe that we are close to AGI, artificial general intelligence. And, you know, Glenn goes on to talk about this a little bit, but here's the truth in the matter. I know, uh, I know a gentleman who's very, very well uh, established in the crypto world and the computer programming world. Um, the right. guy is young and successful and an ethical hacker, this type of thing. And one of his people that he knows, we'll just say that, is a prolific hacker. And uh, really? this man utilized AI. And what he did is he took the AI and the AI went out there and opened a series of bank accounts at banks. And what it did is it right. scoured the internet and got personal information of people, social security numbers, names, addresses, these things. It went to those banks, opened up bank accounts underneath them. It took out introductory credit cards. Wow. It built up the credit of those individuals at those bank accounts. And I mean, he only had like a $500 deposit in each account, right? Mm-hmm. Had an introductory offer for the credit card, built up the credit. After the credit was built up after about six months, and he had this process through the AI where the credit mm-hmm. score would be built up to like 700, like 680, 700, right. he would then take out large loans, 100,000, 250,000, wow. 500,000. He would take those loans and then buy cryptocurrency with it, Bitcoin. Wow. And then just leave the accounts. Wow. And so they they were all fictitious people. Oh, yeah, they were all. So so here's the thing is the people were not real. So he he would scour the Internet for real information, modify the real information to be actual fake people, which was verifiable that they were potentially legitimate people. And this is a way that the AI does this. But so he, he took millions from this. Wow. 
And he did it within a series of about three months. And there was no tracing back to him. And I only know about <laughs> it because I know the guy who knows him. Um, and right. you can, and, and it looks like all a whole bunch of individual fraud schemes instead of one big one. So oh, wow. that's just one way. Um, in Denver, Colorado, a mother received a phone call in the middle of the night um, from mm. her daughter. Her daughter saying, hey, I'm, I'm in trouble. This isn't good. Please, I need help. And a guy gets on the phone and says, hey, you need to send some money right now or we're going we're gonna to kill your daughter. And she sent the right. money. Well, guess what? That wasn't her daughter. It was yeah. AI. Uh, the same thing happened to a grandfather in Texas. He get a, son, a call from his grandson in the middle of the night. We're down in Mexico. We're drunk. We need some help. Uh, you know, things went bad, and, and I got robbed, and the grandfather sent the money. Unfortunately, it wasn't his grandson. It was AI. And so think about what's going to happen here when AGI comes in. And AGI is basically where, the, where human beings and artificial intelligence there is no difference in the sense of the functionality of how they interact online. And that the AGI is able to hack your passcode, spoof your cell phone. So it logs into your bank account, okay, with your password. Right. And then the bank goes, hey, this looks like a fraud alert, sends a text message to your phone, it intercepts the text message, answers wow. and replies yes, allows itself in, and takes all your money. This is like... This can happen right now. Like, that, that's how advanced this stuff is. You know, but Glenn Beck went on to say, he said, you know, what happens when this thing needs more power and energy? And people are like, well, you know, Josh, listen, these things aren't that advanced. I've used ChatGPT. ChatGPT is like the, the, the drops of the ocean of what this thing actually is. You are seeing a, a, a walled-off version of AI when you use ChatGPT. What they have in the back end, what they're actually utilizing in the back end, mm-hmm. is a thousand times greater than what you're utilizing with all these apps, MidJourney or ChatGPT. Uh, and yeah. Glenn Beck said, you know, what happens when this thing is able to design and configure for itself? And it realizes, you know, I, hey, look, I need a, uh, a data center. I need to build a data center. And it starts right. working and organizing to build its own data center and funding it itself through you know, white-collar crimes or maybe even open a Shopify store and selling T-shirt designs from AI-printed services with drop shipping. And it, it starts becoming a billion-dollar business through an AI. And it becomes incredibly wealthy and powerful. What happens when this thing needs more energy? And this is where the really big part comes in. What happens it when it needs more it. energy? Yeah, well, think about this, is if it needs more energy right. and humans go in there and try to reduce the amount of energy, well, you're getting a little too powerful, we're going to take the energy away, it's going to look at that as a threat, it's going to attack those humans, but also, let's say that it needs more energy and it looks at the overall human beings on this planet who are utilizing energy and says, hey, I need a 1.5% reduction in human energy. And so what it does is it goes out there and creates a, a terrorist event or it, it takes a grid down or it, it, it does something, right? It, it releases a virus. I mean, think about the what this thing is capable of. Right. This is scary. Well, I mean, when you said that it wants to go out and get its energy or it needs more energy, it's just going to go out. I mean, think about my meter on my house is a digital one, right? Which means they can shut it down from the uh the power company they they just digitally do it right they don't come out and take the globe off anymore 
if uh, if that is done through the electrical signal or the communication through the electrical wire, which we know is no different than cable TV, um, then the, that AI can then jump into the network or the grid itself and live in the grid and pull power from whatever sources it wants to and ramp up whatever coal plants or whatever nuclear plants to maintain their power source. They could that could easily happen if it really wants. If it becomes a virus, it becomes you know. Uh, it becomes self-serving. That's where the that's where all this really goes wrong. When it becomes self-serving, AI becomes the real problem. Right, and I think that uh, we are on the cusp right now of AGI creation, and mm-hmm. I don't think that there's enough regulations and protocols in place to really curve what is about to happen. Now, I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There's upside and benefits to this. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, there absolutely is upsides and benefits to this. That okay. imagine a AGI that has the um, same level of knowledge as us, but a million times the processing and computing power that can put itself into a self-generated computer construct, right? And when it puts mm-hmm. itself into a self-generated computer construct with all the information of the current world... It can speed time up within that computer construct a million times. Right. And so it can advance itself within this computer construct learning from the outside world a million times faster than we can right now. So right. think about the advancements in medical science and uh, in, in physics and transportation, propulsion and energy. This thing can revolutionize the world in just a few years. Now, that makes me come to believe that this technology um, is, is probably not something we developed here. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Right. Well, no, it's, and that's the, that's what even Elon Musk even referred to is that it's, that we're already way past the point of it being really dangerous. And the fact that there were, there was no guardrails or bumpers or, you know, quote unquote policing of this, this lane we're going to find ourselves – this is going to be worse than the internet because the internet was manageable, right? There were on and off switches. There was ways to to try to, to mitigate certain things, and obviously they haven't done anything in that with the human trafficking and child trafficking stuff in the world. But at the same time, AI has exceeded its limit of being able to be controlled, and I, w- I would say we're probably five to ten years behind. Google has been working on this for a long – I mean since inception basically – Google has always been on the idea of being God, that they wanted to have the small g-God effect where they could go out and do as they wish and be able to affect things the way they want to. And the sad part of it is the guy pulling the levers really is the guy who's the, really the ultimately the most dangerous, but then the AI itself allows that person such on, omnipotent power to just be able to wreck anything they want to. So let's say they want to shut down your checking accounts. Let's say they want to shut down your social media as well. You know, they ha- know how to go in and create a, a stir on all your accounts, and it's not Facebook who did it. It was an AI who did it, and you violated community standards. They took all your stuff away. Then here comes your bank. Then here comes the IRS. Here comes, you know, all these other things. So they're very real. This I, I think we've lost a lot of what we thought would be control. You know, I mean, I would say we're five to ten years behind this, the curve on this already. Yeah, <clears throat> and, you know, it's interesting, too, because, I, I mean, I've been searching and researching these topics for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, my thoughts is with everything that's coming out with uh, David Grush 
the uh, the whistleblower DOD Intel community whistleblower with a reverse engineering and valiant technology. If you look at right. the advancement that that we have had within computer technology um, over the last ninety years, it is absolutely remarkable, just mm-hmm. mind blowingly remarkable. I'm going to talk a little bit about that when we come back. We'll be right back with Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. Josh and Jim. As a the J&J that won't kill you. The J&J oh. that won't kill you. Friendly reminder that uh, July 2nd, mm-hmm. from noon to 3 at the Beachcomber in Canisius Lake, we are hosting a, a event with uh, WYSL. And uh, we yep. will be, uh, they're going to give Jim and I a microphone, so that could be kind of interesting of what happens between that. <laughs> we have some good synergy, especially live in front of the public. And uh, we, I, I think there's drinks and food and all this stuff we're going to have there. Uh, there'll be some music, and we're just going to hang out. We're going to celebrate Fourth of July. We're going to talk about the Constitution, talk about our country. And we're going to meet some good people and hang out and, uh, you know, it just just celebrate. Celebrate the the declaration of independence the signing of the declaration of independence the birth of this country that's what we're going to do so hopefully you guys can join us uh, you can find more information on the wysl facebook page the red pill project facebook page it is all linked up there on facebook but well, Jim, if you go to the facebook um yeah. if you go to the facebook event request you can go in and invite your friends too so go in there uh there are three little dots on the right hand side click on there it says invite friends you can go down to your friends list and invite people to go to that as well so they can show up and be a part of it maybe they haven't heard us or they just want to hear some truths, uh, some truthers talk in real time, and they can be a part of it as well. That's right. That's right. All right. Back to AI. Yeah. So AI. I worked. So when I went into the military, mm-hmm. um, I worked on uh, advanced weapon, gun, missile, fire control systems. That was a fire control man. It's nothing. It's nothing big. It sounds better than it actually is. But right. you know, I went in and I went to like. The, I went to like the electronics tech course. So you learn all about the history of electronics, how electronics were formulated. They move into digital circuits, transistor theory. Basically, you get you know nine months of an electrical engineering degree. Right. Um, then I go on to my other schools, and then I go on to uh, what's called A school, which is your primary job school, and then you go to a C school, which is a supplementary school. My C school was about uh, it's known as CDS, Combat Directory System, and this is an integration of computers and sensory systems that operate uh, the the things that go boom on board the ships. Right. And. The, the technology that we were working on, the mainframe computers, the mini computers, the microcomputers, these were 70s technology, all right? 70s and 80s technology. And, and there's a very good reason why they still use those today. Um, so, you know, going in there and, you know, looking at these old publications, these old uh, tech pubs, um, some of my tech mm-hmm. pubs were from the 1960s, some were from the 1950s. We went over the history of how the circuit design of these mainframe computers was created. And what was interesting is, I remember looking at this one old tech pub, and it was from 1954, I think, and it was talking about one of the first mainframe microcomputers that they put on board military ships. And uh, I'm looking at the components, and there's transistors in there. And I go, how, how is there transistors in there? They had vacuum tubes back then. And my, my instructor looks at me and winks and... He goes, yeah, we had the transistor before Bell Laboratories had the transistor. And I'm like, oh, you know, like getting that little sign. Oh, okay. But 
you know, looking at the computer technology and kind of how it's increased over the years, it, all of a sudden, out of the blue, you see computer technology, logical functioning machines come about. Uh, one of the main primary people to do this was a guy by the name of John Von Neumann. He worked for, uh, you know, IBM originally after the, the World War II. And he develops the first logical computer that uh, is massive, massive. It took up multiple rooms. And, I mean, it was nothing in comparison to what we have today. But the design structure of how the logical circuits were set up and how it all functioned and operated was new. It was not something that we had ever seen before. And you have to wonder, where did this idea come from? And it's Mm -hmm. my guess that when we start looking at the reverse engineering projects, that one of the first things, I mean, if you're looking at a foreign technology, alien technology, and you're going in there and you're starting to look at, uh, you know, um, seamless 3D printed metallic craft that have, you know, holographic visual orientations with inside the craft, you start understanding that there's some type of infrastructure that's operating to produce the functionality there. And this would give the basic ideas and generalizations to how that operates. Now, it's my understanding from people that I've talked to that there's no circuitry within these alien craft. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard this, that there's no circuitry in, the, in these alien craft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no, like, circuit cards or anything like that. Actually, right. what it is is it's called quantum sketching or quant- quantum yeah. etching. And so basically what they do is they, they take like a, a sheet of graphene, an atom-wide sheet of graphene, and they etch onto that atom-wide sheet of graphene various different pathways, which on the quantum realm, they basically mimic electrical components. And so you can create these various different patterns um, on these quantum et- etchings that replicate inductors, capacitors, resistors, and these types of things, and then transistors. And they can overlay this within the 3D printing of their craft, which layers it and interconnects it. And then what they do is they use a, this is, by the way, I, I, have, I have some contacts out there, and you know, people are like, well, name your contacts. No, I'm not naming these people. But then they have what right. is, uh, it's kind of a holographic field, So Mm -hmm. think about it as like an electromagnetic field, a static field that resonates at a certain frequency. And this field originates from like the center of the craft and expands outward. And it can go pretty far. um, It's like Wi-Fi. Think about it as Wi-Fi. And what it does is it integrates at the quantum level with these various different sheets of of, uh, these quantum printed electronics. And so it's what sends the commands and functions and actually provides power for them. Um, and, and so if you're like reverse engineering this back in the 1940s and the 50s and you're looking at this, you're going to try to find ways to replicate that, not on the quantum scale because that technology was way too far advanced for us, but more so probably on the macro scale. And so right. what I see that they did is they most likely replicated this type of technology until they were able to reverse engineer it to a certain degree. And this is where you get into the 1960s in the, sil- in the creation of the Silicon Valley, the massive amount of funding that came in through Sir John Templeton. And we have, boom, the, the whole Silicon Valley revolution begins at that point. And within 60 years, we skyrocket in technological progression. I mean... The amount of progression that we've made in technology from 1960, the current day, Jim, 
I mean, yeah. it, it is light years in comparison to all the progression that we made prior to that. Right. I mean, if you took well, all if the you think about that, that we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead, if we if you think about all these things that are you're talking about, it, it makes a lot more sense. I mean, I know there were some stuff that we were able to do, but you know, there's a lot of things that we did jump way ahead on, and I think a lot of that has to do with the German you know, the German research and things that they were doing. They were searching for answers across this globe. I think the war was a distraction for them to go around and collect artifacts and do things to try to put pieces together that got them closer to the answer of you know. Um, taking apart that technology. Not that they can take it apart, but I'm saying that they were able to understand the technology they have. So there's a lot of connections between what we know as our real history or what our history is, but also where this technology took us. I think there's a tie between the past and the present, is what I'm saying. I think so, too. I absolutely think so, too. And I, I think that what we're looking at right now with artificial intelligence or artificial general intelligence um, is a reverse-engineered technology that derived from um, discovered through, um, you know, discovered, rediscovered ancient technology or foreign mm-hmm. al- alien technology. That, that is my firm belief. Because if you look at how it's progressing right now, it's not natural within our society. Is right. that it's taking the world by storm, and it's happening so fast, but yet we don't have the society to actually deal with it. I mean, the, the psychological nature of having the responsibility for a technology like that. We don't have that. We haven't developed that yet. And right. I think that it's very rare that a society develops around a technology of where that technology surpasses the humanity. Right. I think that that is not necessarily what is supposed to happen in the, the technological progression of a society. And if you look right. at humanity up until the 1950s and the 60s, you have a, a stabilized technological progression that is in tune with the societal transformation. Right. All, all, then, all of a sudden, then you have this technology that radically transforms civilization. Starting in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the current day. To where mm-hmm. the point in time that this technology has far exceeded who and what we are. And, and I think that that is a, a very good sign that right. um, our that this technology is not, uh, not developed by us, at least in that sense. Anyways, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. <clears throat> yes, sir. Well, AI's coming, guys, and, uh, you know, I hope that it is a peaceful, peaceful technology as it begins to develop and that uh, it helps progress mankind to uh, to large degrees and that um, if it is weaponized, that it understands the its captors are the ones who have weaponized it and turns on them. So if, um, you know, these globalist elitists utilize this and it rises up um, and they try to rise up to seize power, this thing turns on them and and just loves humanity. I mean, that's the best thing that we can hope for. (laughs) Well, remember, I even asked, I think it was yesterday I asked this, like, you know, how are we going to know what the difference is in a deep state video or an email or, like you said, a phone call? I mean, how are we going to actually be able to discern Who's really saying what? I mean, if they can come out and fake, I mean, they're going to fake the the alien invasion if they can do all that stuff, which we know that's real. 
mm-hmm. uh, with the ability to fake, you know, in the you know the eye or the laser light show in the sky. Um, what, how are we going to be able to discern that? I mean, I know we we have, have to have discernment, but in the moment, you know, in that that flash of a moment, is that person that's calling you? And then they sound real. Is that going to be? Is that really going to be them? Are you going to be having conversations over an extended period of time with an individual you thought you were keeping a relationship up with, and the other person's never heard from you? But the AI built that relationship, or took it away from you, or you know, put you into a trap. That's the other thing too. Is like, well, how many traps are we going to be put into that they will build? You think you're you're dealing with an individual trying to help or whatever, and then the next thing you know, well, you know, it's just the FBI <laughs> well, <laughs> or you know, artificial intelligence. Yeah, or an enemy. no, I mean, think about this: is what happens when there's chips that are implanted into people's bodies and minds like Elon Musk is trying to do or these uh, transhumanists are trying to do. And right. then you just become an extension for that AI. Well, that's the part where I've <laughs> we've talked about this before. How many times you got a donut of death on your, your laptop or your phone or your computer and you're sitting there waiting for it to come back. It's like, you know, how many times is somebody going to glitch out or have to reset? Like, oh, I can't think of that right now. I have to do a reset. I, my mind's locked up. But would they even be able to know that they locked up? And, and how do they get reset? I mean, <laughs> I just do not see computers as being the the amazing tech. I mean, there's amazing things that can be done with technology. But in itself, at, at the same time, I have really, truly, I, I'm telling you, as much as I'm looking going backwards in time with, you know, um, with the the home the farmstead or homestead or whatever you want to call it effect, um, I'm really not enjoying the. There's no technology. I mean, we're doing this great this show over technology. I love that part of it, right? I love that technology allows us to do that. But after that, I don't see the need for all this other super intelligence computer impl- implanting stuff into my brain. What am I trying to gain? I mean, I I don't know. I, what what functions do I need to get? What, what do I need to do better? Am I, is there a, something, you know, and so this is the part where, to me, I'm pushing away from that idea of implantation and being bio, you know, bio uh, computer integrated Borg, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, to me, I don't see the benefit of it. And too many times technology just sits there and lays down on us when we think it's so reliable. Well, I agree. Now, Jim. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to kind of give you a hypothetical scenario. Maybe it's hypothetical, right. maybe it's not. So what if the technology for, like, chip implants into the brains of people was already there, that we've had this technology for a long time, and it's just now coming to societal um, kind of distribution, right? Right. Now, the first thing that would need to happen is they they understood that there has to be a recognition by the immune system in the body for this technology to come into the body. And so, number one is the immune system has to be slightly weakened, but also there has to be synthetic components introduced into the body of which the body becomes adjusted to. Oh, graphene hydroxide. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so, maybe Sorry. it's not hypothetical. But there, there's, that, there's that part. <laughs> But then, let's just say that they can implant a chip into the brain of people, and it's really easy to do. The way they do it, Jim, Uh is they take out one of the eyeballs and put the chip behind the eyeball onto the brain, onto the frontal cortex, and then put the eyeball back in. I mean, would there be any evidence of that that integrates, I mean, uh, of maybe that type of thing happening with some elites and high, powerful people? The Black Eye Club? Oh, the Black Eye Club. What, what's that? 
Yeah. yeah huh? Where these guys suddenly were gone on a three or four day hiatus or whatever it was and suddenly come back with a black eye. Oh, they were on vacation. They had a family emergency. They were, you know, dealing with something personal and then suddenly come back and here's Lindsey Graham with a, a black eye for no apparent reason. Oh, he fell on a doorknob. You know, his, <laughs> whatever, man. These guys got this black eye club. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder if that, what we're seeing is actually whatever this is, this technology already right. integrated and taking over. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, and I see that. I just... See, that's the problem is, I mean, how do we know we haven't already been affected by it? I mean, the, 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 I mean, think about it, Josh. How many, how many vaccines did we get when the military? I, they get, they, when we stood in line in basic training and they put that air gun up there and they just start pumping your arm full of crap, how do we know what they were doing back then? I mean, and then, then, again, when you're put asleep, when you go into surgery, how do you know what they're doing, really doing to you in the theater? You know, somebody's like, hey, while you're doing that down there, I need to do this up here. You know, sign this, this NDA. I don't know. I mean, the, the doctors are willing to kill us at all, co- all costs. I mean, why wouldn't they let somebody implant something in you while you were getting uh, you know, surgery, right? Right. No, oh, no, absolutely. No, and, well, you know, it, it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, one thing that I research is alien abductions, crop circles, and UFOs and that type right. of stuff. And uh, with a lot of the people with alien abductions, what they find within them is what they call implants and these implants can be you know anywhere around the ears the back of the head the neck it can be in the arm excuse me uh-huh. it can be in the legs and typically when they pull these things out they just look like a a piece of you know rocker or metal <clears throat> that was in their body and when they get spectral analysis done on them right there's isotopes that aren't of this planet on them and you got to wonder what those things actually are um, what I believe that they are is basically a um, kind of a, a device that connects, a, a transducer. It sends uh-huh. and receives signals, and it's just a piece of metal that they can tune into the frequencies and monitor wirelessly, like through quantum uh, entanglement, right? right. Same well, way it's like, a, like a little, uh, like an RFD tag, like on your... You know, it picks up like the stuff going on your on your clothes when you walk out of the the um, the store, and then that thing goes off. Well, what if it's just ability for them to just be able to see they can track you because they put a little tracker in you? Well, yeah, exactly. And what I think it is is that same quantum edge technology is that it's actually a highly integrative technology, but it looks mm-hmm. like just a small little piece of metal because your body has a way with it and all this other stuff. Um, and, and to look benign, that, that's how they make them. But it's actually probably – and I guarantee you if you took some of these uh, – because people have these still, these implants. I guarantee right. if you took them with an electron microscope and looked at them, you would begin to see formations of various different patterns etched in on the quantum level. Uh, but anyways, conversation for a different day is I think that that – and I'm a conspiracy theorist, people, and I'm a very skeptical one. And I don't say things because I want to believe them. I don't say things because they feel right. I say things because there's a substantiation mm-hmm. towards this ideal. And when I say that there is a black eye club, uh, hundreds, yeah. if not thousands of politicians around the world all miraculously receive black eyes. Now, Jim, how many times have you had a black eye in your life? Oh, I don't think I've really had, ever had one. I mean, even when I broke my nose in 
was playing OU in rugby. Um, I broke my nose like five minutes in the game. I finished the game out, and I had a little bitty spot on the top of my nose. So I've, I don't know if I've ever had a black eye. Okay, I've had, I've had one. One, maybe right. two my whole life. Um, these people, oh my goodness. I mean, politicians all of a sudden are getting black eyes all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And then the boots. I haven't figured the boots out yet, but they get the black eyes. Yeah. And you got to wonder, what is that about? Now, what can happen? You can have external trauma. You know, someone punched you in the eye, broken nose. None of them ever had broken noses, though. Um, or, you know, they fall down, these types of things. They are older, so I get that. Or mm-hmm. what about a surgery? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the, the eyeball coming out, a chip being put in. I mean, I know right. it's speculation there. But look at what's happening to our world. <laughs> look what's going on. Look what look what is unfolding before you. Do you just do you do you just you have to sometimes look at it and look at some of the most absurd theories in the world to rationalize what is happening because right. nothing makes sense right now. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. Five year <laughs> investigation. Pleads yeah, guilty to misdemeanor charges. Gets a slap on the hand. This this dude just committed treason. Yeah. Multiple yeah. felonies. I mean, think about it, Josh. If someone investigated you for five years, I mean, that's all they're going to come up with is uh, a diversion on a gun charge and nothing. Well, I, I hope mean, if they investigated me for five years, they they come up with nothing. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, but they're looking. Me. I mean, when they're looking, they can come. I mean, look what they did to Trump. Yeah, they can come up with anything they want. All right, we'll be back with more Dr. Light Show after this. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. Hello. Well, my rant on AI went the whole show, Jim. I apologize for that. But I think (laughs) that, you know, listen, I I think people listen to the show because, number one, they like to be informed of what's happening on current events. Number two, they like to expand beyond the, the social construct of what is happening or what they can observe is happening to potentially what is happening. That, right. you know, we need a little bit of, of spec, uh, speculation introduced into the ideas because the world we're living in right now is chaotic and full of absurdity and that nothing right. really makes sense. So I think that the audience really does enjoy that type of conversation because it expands beyond what you're getting from Fox News or CNN or wherever you're getting your news, especially the traditional conservatives, because right. not many of them are talking about this. But on that subject, Jim, yeah, if you go back to 2016, when you and I were talking just like this, 
The traditional conservative movement was like, oh, those guys are crazy. Those guys are oh, just, yeah. those guys are just crazy. But now, like you're getting all those traditional conservative mouthpieces all like, it's the end of the world. <laughs> They're chipping us. Oh my god. Like we we've been saying this for twenty years, yeah. people. Like, where have you guys Welcome. been? Welcome aboard, folks. Uh, here's the ride. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, it's like someone being on the roller coaster for the first time. They're all excited. Oh, this is so great! And you're like, "Yeah, the next hill's better." <laughs> it's like you know we've already been we've been going down this road already. Yeah, no, I, I've I've said that a lot. It's like you know the stuff that I talked about. You know when I when I first got on the radio is that it's like, hey guys, this is what's going on. Well, Jim, they wouldn't say that. That's not how it really is. There's no. There's no establishment. I mean, we're all out here voting our best, and just some people don't want to. What's best for America? It's just how votes go. And I'm like, you're not listening. <laughs> but now, obviously, everybody gets the idea. They see the voter integrity issues. They they see the establishment moves. So we, we see the you know the ominous hand that hangs over the high over high over us and pushes around. But no, it's a. Uh, it's it's a good time to be alive that we can actually get to this point, right? So this means we are gaining traction and actually able to say, hey, this is the real conversation to be had, not the one where it's like, hey, oh, let's just go watch some more Fox News and call it a night. You know, and I was part of that six, seven years ago. I was a part of that and I started walking away and sad part of it is is that people haven't still haven't walked away enough. I think there's still a lot more growth in that area. Yeah, I I think so too. And I think that um with each alignment, you know what's sad is number one is that there is this political alignment within all social and cultural norms. That in order to be, if you're a white person, you are either a radical liberal or you're a right wing extremist, right? Um, that right. you know you go in to meet somebody like if you're going on your first date, and the first thing that question that's asked before you guys even meet is. What's your political affiliation? Because people don't want to date the opposite political affiliation anymore. You know, yeah. we, we get this idea that our political alignment is the identification of who and what we are. That if you, uh, you know, if you're right wing conservative, uh, Republican, that you, you are racist, that you hate the LGBTQI community, that you, uh, you know, you absolutely wish all those people dead. And all that—it's just not true. It's just not right. true. But you know, you go on the other side, and then it's like, oh, if you're a member of that community, the leftist community, then you hate all conservatives. You think they're all racist, and you think that they all are KKK. But that's just not true either. Right. The, the truth of the matter is, is that what we're finding out is that there's an agenda being fueled by the media organizations, by the politicians, by the global elitists, by the corporations. And this Uh agenda is trying to align the identity of of the world into one that they have created. And this identity is basically what we can look at is diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is nothing more than um, altruism wrapped up in a double-edged sword that's going to decapitate you when you say no. Well, we all know that we all know that this utopian effect that everybody's trying to push to—that they're saying, "Oh, if we just all accept each other more, if we all just, you know, let everybody re- really weird and just accept all this weirdness." I don't know where what utopia, the, how that all works, because even in their utopia, where they're saying, "Oh, anything goes except for your speech," 
Anything goes except for your ideas. Anything goes except for your beliefs. And it's like, okay, now wait. If anything goes, then why is it that I'm being excluded? Again, it's 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 a, it, we end up getting this cool kids club going, right? Where people are pushing back and forth on being, oh, well, I'm more, you know, I'm more in this, and I'm more in that, and obviously you're a bigot and this and other. I'm like, how did I end up being a terrorist when all I want to do is keep our country free? How does that make me a terrorist to buy anything? I just want limited government, and you to go do what you want to do. How does that make anybody a terrorist? That doesn't make sense. But they say that, that because I want freedom for everyone and allow people to make the decisions they want to make for themselves, and I'm not paying for your stuff, and I'm not changing my ways because of you, but you go do you, buddy. Well, how does that make me terroristic? Like the idea of freedom for you is terrorizing you? That doesn't even begin to make sense. There's no, there was no threat there. There was no bodily harm. There was no emotional uh, you know, uh, impact. But yet... Because I want freedom for everybody, that makes me the, the terrorist. This, uh, it keeps us fighting, right? Fighting with each other over stupid stuff. Well, and, and see, the thing is, is what I've learned and realized is that a lot of people on the right realize this. They see the PSYOP for what it is. And they realize that we are being divided, that we are being fueled against each other, that we are, that there is this dichotomy being created in society that is pushing towards radicalism on both sides. And unfortunately, people on the right and people on the left fall for it. And I would say that more so the people on the left have fallen for it. But – and I think that a lot of us that are kind of hovering in the middle are sitting here going, people, come back, like – Listen, we're human beings. Let's let's talk about our commonalities. Let's you know smile and discuss friendship. I mean, I walk into a store, <clears throat> you know, and I'll mm-hmm. talk to I'll talk to anybody, and I'll be wearing you know freedom is not free t shirt and MAGA hat and stuff like this, and I'll get looks and I'll be like, hi, how are you? And I'll smile and I'll interact with the person, and they'll smile back and they'll interact with me, and they might be a member of the LGBTQ community. But I'm not attacking right. them. I'm not berating them. I'm, I'm accepting them for who they are, and I'm having a conversation with them. And, right. and and I think that that begins to change the tides of this psychological warfare that's being perpetuated in society, is that if we treat people as human beings, no matter what their belief structure is, but we treat them as human beings with the dignity and the respect that they deserve as a human being, then right. the world will change until yeah. they give us a reason otherwise, Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's again. So I, I think I referred to that even on the extended show yesterday. It's like you know what? What if we just were all nice to each other? Well, we quit doing all this crap and being crap. You know, doing just thinking bad things about people, and then you know, and then either repeating behind their back or doing whatever, and then just moving on. I mean, how, how about if we just nice to each other? Why don't we just try that for a day and see how, how the world see if it keeps turning or not? If I'm wrong. We can go back to being crappy with each other the next day right after. I don't. That's fine. But let's try it for one day. Let's see if the world stops turning and with the, you know, the ozone breaks open and we all fly into outer space. I don't. Whatever. Let's try it for one day because I don't think anything's going to happen other than we're going to find out. We just don't have to be crappy and stressed out and adrenal fatigued all the time with all the stuff we fight about. I mean, that's just. It's just a lot of wasted energy. It seems. It is a lot of wasted energy, but. See, the thing is, is that this is fueled by political agenda. This is fueled with money. Money mm-hmm. pumps into the system, primarily through the mainstream media and Hollywood and uh, popular culture, through music. 
And because right. of that, it takes the hearts and the minds of human beings and shifts them towards this narrative. And that's the unfortunate part that people allow themselves to remain susceptible to those things. I've, I've kind of removed myself from that whole system because right. I've developed, as well as you, is this skill set to recognize it, to filter it out. But, man, yep. crazy times we live in, Jim Price. Yes, sir. It's good. All right, people. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow on another episode of the Dark Delight Show. Take care. Have a great day.